Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Alyssa Weather Murphys. So founder, owner, chief consultant at Siren Media, an Oklahoma-based digital marketing agency who's passionate about helping women and other marginalized groups find their voice and find their path in this business world. Hey, Alyssa, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> so, so welcome. Hey, can you just expand a bit more on that and let us know, you know where you are in your business today and the kind of people that you love working with? Yeah, I am just like, we just celebrated four years of business in November this past year. So 2022, years. we're going into year five. So we'll cross the five-year finish line in November. Uh, the kind of people I love to help are business owners, so small to mid-sized companies. I think the mm-hmm. definitions of that is uh, businesses with 200 or less employees. We're we're a little smaller than that. We like working with, you know, local people in our market who have bought a franchise, but they need help figuring out, you know, how they make how they make moves and compete yeah. better against other people in their world. We love working with. Um, established retailers. We like restaurants and professional services tend to be our kind of areas of focus, but love working with people in Oklahoma. We do have clients that uh, find us from other places. Um, if it's a great fit and we're, we're, you know, vibing great and they appreciate our services, no reason why we can't help each other. Yeah. Nice. And so what, what do you actually help them to achieve? Where mm-hmm. is your genius and what, what do they, what's that actually do for them? Mm-hmm. For us, and and I think that your listeners might be able to appreciate that marketing can mean something different to every single person you say that word to. Uh, For some people, that's, um, you know, websites, others, it's, you know, sales, other people, it's, you know, a logo and a brand, but really it's all those things. So marketing strategy is at the, the baseline of what we do. The tactics that we use to help our clients are things like branding, web design, social media, and uh, advertising, digital advertising. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like smoke and mirrors, personally. <laughs> so what do you mean by smoke and mirrors? Mm-hmm. Well, that's from my advertising background. So my first job out of college, I was selling um, TV ads. So I was, you know, this bright-eyed recent college grad. I got a marketing degree and a personal selling minor and uh, wasn't getting called back on any of the marketing jobs I applied for, but I got called back on every single sales job I applied for. I uh, went to work for a local uh, TV station. It was actually cable TV and sold uh, TV packages. So you would think mm. of, 
Um, you know, the people who call cold call you and say, hey, do you want to advertise on the local news? That was me. Uh, only only my product was, you know, cable and satellite TVs. Mm-hmm. I'm in Oklahoma. So our two big markets are Oklahoma City and Tulsa. Everything else is more rural. But um, I found that when I was selling these TV packages, I was meeting with business owners who just did not have the basic needs of marketing. You know, they wanted to, they had this money to spend on marketing. I could sell them this thing, but ethically, I didn't feel good about doing a TV campaign for someone who didn't have a website because that's money that they're going to burn and lose. Mm. So I would get in a little bit of trouble with my sales managers for that. But I, I had a really great time with it for the first three years and then found that it just wasn't the right thing for me. So when I say I don't like smoke and mirrors and advertising, I really like marketing that I can show my clients exactly what it did for them. So the kinds of marketing that we really love to work with our clients on would be things like social media, where we can look at analytics together, websites where we can see all the numbers and visitors and traffic come in and all Mm -hmm. those digital means to help them get to their goals, whether it's sales or otherwise. Nice. So it sounds like you spent enough time being slightly out of alignment with what you truly believed and how you felt could help people. and. this happens but what was the trigger point for you like damn it no no more (laughs) i what i can do can help but i'm done with not tricking people that's the wrong Mm -hmm. word but selling what you don't need this you need this over here but we don't actually sell that so like right Mm -hmm. i'm gonna create it what was that pivot point for you what was that like um, in all honesty, it was the last job that I had. So after I left media, I, I kind of bounced around a little bit and had different sales and business development roles, about two different, yeah, two, two different companies I worked for after that point. And the last one, the second one I went to, it, it was just like trying to put, you know, square peg, round hole, like this isn't working. They felt it. I felt it. They had very unrealistic expectations of a salesperson, which is a theme I don't know how many salespeople, I mean, entrepreneurs, we're all salespeople, but for salespeople in particular, when you're working for other companies, I find that um, not a lot of businesses know how to manage salespeople really well without letting them get burned out. It's just mm-hmm. it hits you over the head until you produce like that's more, a great, more, more, that's right? a great motivator. Yeah. Um, so they, uh, I worked for that company for about three months. And that was right before I started my agency. So they, they called me one day. I was there for three months. I had been in this rural market right outside of our metro area here. And I mean, I bought cowboy boots. I mean, I'm, I'm a city girl. I bought cowboy boots so that I might blend in a little bit more at these networking functions. And after three months, they called me and said, hey, we're going to have to let you go. Yes, it was a phone call. It was not an in-person conversation or anything. I was at the uh-huh. office. Somebody else was there and they called me and let me go. And I thought, this is bullshit. I've never been fired. I'm always the rock star. This is absolute horseshit. So I decided rather than going back into the market to find another wrong fit sales opportunity. And I didn't Uh, work for bad companies. These aren't bad, nefarious people. Like there are lots of great things about all these companies. I just wasn't, like you said, I wasn't aligned. I decided to bet on myself. I decided so it to... was time to hang up the cowboy boots and yeah. be like, damn it, I need <laughs> to be me. Yeah, yeah. And I had just spent three months, you know, cultivating the clients who could buy that kind of product from me, telling people, hey, we're doing SEO, we're doing website, we're doing social media. 
Um, that was the thing that led me to it. And then the timing was kind of divine because I had several girlfriends who had just been let go because a big agency here in Oklahoma city had just folded. So I had access to a Google ad specialist, a web designer and a Facebook marketing specialist. And Mm -hmm. I just started contracting with them. I'm like, I think I started an agency. Uh, Do you guys want to work with me? And they did. <laughs> Love that. I think I've done a thing. Um, I think we just started a marketing agency. Can you help? <laughs> beautiful. I love that. So what was it like in that transition going from crappy jobs that didn't align with you to, you know what? Now I have control over what we do, how we serve, and how you build the connection with your clients. What was that like for you? It was so exciting and so energizing. I remember waking up in the middle of the night and I just got my logo done from one of my designer friends. And I'm like making business cards at three in the morning. And I just can't wait to get this new website up. Like it was so energizing. And um, I, I was really blown away by the amount of positivity. I had people, when I made the announcement, people were sending me flowers and cards and saying, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. This is perfect for you. And all these people saw that ability in me, except yeah. me. Everybody Ooh. was like, it's perfect for you. Tell me more about that. I mean, <laughs> you know, on this show, we talk about the roller coaster yeah. of the entrepreneur and the, mm-hmm. the fears and the doubts that can always come our way, regardless of industry. So yeah. what was that like? Because I, I would guess I know that is what stops so many people from taking that jump. Maybe luckily for you, you were let go. You had no, it just fell into place. So push. Yeah. What what was it like for you to have those feelings and yet still do it? I, yeah, that's a really good question. I think that I had to be pushed to that point where I was just like, no more. Let me try to do this. Let me take, let me, I'm going to place this bet on myself and see if I can do it. And if I can't, then fine, I'll go find another full-time job. I can do that. But I just was so tired of you know, just chasing my tail, but it was really weird because I had told, um, my last employer, you know, I told them point blank, I have no interest in doing what you do. I don't want to own an agency. I never want to own an agency. I just want to clock in and clock out. I just want to do a good job. I want to make a lot of money. The rest of it, you all can have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then fast forward a few months later, there I am starting an agency, <laughs> but it's, so- it it never that thought never occurred to me to go and start my own marketing company ever. Mm-mm. We'll tell me about that because that the dream of yeah I want to clock in, earn my money, go home, spend it, enjoy it, and just have a great old yeah. life. Through uh-huh. to so you left the nine to five and entered the seven to midnight, right? Seven to eleven to midnight. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. How what was that like? How how were you able to to manage that, or was it? part of the agency life that it is hard work. There is a lot of hours and that's where boundaries and fears and doubts all swirl and come into play. Yeah. I mean, every year I think has looked a little bit different. Um, Once I, when I was doing everything from my kitchen table, the burnout was happening quickly. Yeah. Uh, The things that I did uh, on my own, like I'm, I'm, I write, I can do some light graphic design and I can manage social media. Like those were the things that I did outside of that. I'm strictly a salesperson. Hmm. Uh, that's my background. That's doing, that is what I do. So had to kind of craft that skill, but 
Yeah, every year I think has looked different. I mean, there's there have been some years that have been just completely horrendous, and I just have no personal life whatsoever. And I think I'm at a point now where I've been able to recoup that a little bit. You uh-huh. know, I have to force myself to put my laptop down at a certain time of the day and just be yeah. comfortable with the fact that okay, I didn't get all the stuff done today, mm-hmm. but. I'm going to hit it hard tomorrow and I'm going to do my very best. So you start, I feel like I've started to have a little bit more grace with myself. Also therapy is a really big part of that. <laughs> Beautiful. Lovely. So you're, you're four years in and you're, you've been on that journey and you're you know, taking care of yourself now. I mean, by all means, it's not complete. You're not like, I am the finished product. I've got this down. You were talking offline earlier that, you know, last year was a hell of a year for you. Um, can you tell us more about that from from your perspective? Yeah, um, it's so funny. I want one of my one of my former employees to do a do a podcast. I want to hear their perspective too. Uh, I because I've I've had a couple of of opportunities to tell a story, but yeah, becoming a business owner is one thing. If you're going to just work for yourself and just right. you be solo, solopreneur is one thing. I was a solopreneur probably for the first mm, six to seven months, maybe up to a year. But when I started needing additional help, you know, I'm bringing on these accounts. Like I was doing a good job with my personal brand. I was doing a good job getting referrals to the business. I then needed help. So I started, you know, looking for interns. I'm really still closely connected with my alma mater, my college where I graduated from. I put some feelers out there and got my first intern um, the summer of my first year of business. And then you start becoming a manager. And probably one of the hardest things that I've learned as a business owner um, is how important being a good manager is. Because mm. we think we think as, as people, okay, well, I'm obviously a nice person and they know I obviously care about them and I'm cool and we can have lunch and jokes or go have a happy hour together. I'm the cool boss. It's like, I'm the cool mom. Mm -hmm. Um, There's this quote that kind of reflects what I think I inadvertently did. And it's this quote messed me up. It still messed me up. Uh, Culture is created whether you're part of it or not. Mm -hmm. So when my team um, expanded to two full-time people right after, during COVID, we're all remote. Coming out of COVID, we're trying to learn how to, you know, be a team again. How to be real people again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I realized things about myself, like, if you let me, I will just do the sales things 24-7. Uh-huh. If you let me, if you let me, and I'll do the firefighting, I'll do the da-da-da, you can catch me, but I, my 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 tunnel vision is in sales and is that through out- passion and what you enjoy or just automatic? I think it's just kind of learned. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's my background. But what I found needed to be happening was I needed to be spending more time with my team. I needed yeah. to be getting more information out of them, like figuring out how they truly felt. Um, one of my team members left because she had an amazing job offer and had her master's degree, like what have you, like a, we were kind of expecting that one. The other one really really surprised me, but I mean, I'm still happy for her, but the things I I just felt like I didn't know, I did an exit interview and I didn't know what I didn't know was going on. And I know that other business owners struggle with this too, but uh, I'm, I'm at a point in my business ownership where I'm taking that stuff very seriously. 
So um, one of my business coaches, I, I'm a student of Sandler training, and they they're very big on communication styles, building culture, and, and mm. that whole that whole nine yards. So we've been doing some things together as a team, and I've been trying to discipline myself too, carving out that time, quit having my hair be on fire, make myself more available. Cause it's, yeah. it's more than just being someone's friend. You, you are, people are not always as open to their employer as you might hope they would be. So mm-hmm. it's really, especially important for business owners to get good information from your team and building that rapport to make it possible for them to open up. That's, I don't know how to do that necessarily because I'm continuing to work on it, but I've got new new team members in place, and and that was just my first my first big ter- big turnover that happened. So that was how I ended my fourth quarter of last year. <laughs> nice. Well, I, I love the honesty and the enthusiasm behind. Yeah, I, there's a lot of stuff I I don't fucking know. I do I not know. You yeah. sought help in how to, to help companies come on board to help build your your culture and show you here is how you build a business. Here are this maybe I think the steps you put in place. Yeah. Um, the process is probably around personnel because what you just described there, you've gone from a solopreneur, it's just a job. You've just given yourself a job. It's not a business. So now you've grown into, you're now the business owner. Well done. You've got your, your big girl pants on now. That's cool. right. Hopefully, this, yes. This is next level. <laughs> sometimes sometimes it doesn't feel like that way or that you're flying by the seat of your big girl pants. I'll put it that way. <laughs> and your flaming cowboy boots. Yes, yes, I love that visual. <laughs> nice. So, hey, with the the transition that you've been through, what's next for you? Because you've 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 had that that big turnover, and last year was was a, a big flaming mess of amazingness and yep. so many lessons. So, yep. where is this year taking you? Where is your area of focus? Yeah, um, I call it. I had to sit in my shit for a little bit and think about what could have been different and uh-huh. you know, shout out to anybody else out there. I don't feel like as business owners and and I, I don't think this is just my market or industry. I don't think that we ever talk about the real shit, which is I'm terrified I might lose another one. And when you're mm-hmm. looking at hiring people, like the whole process of finding the right person, how expensive it is to lose people, um, you know, financially, emotionally, like all that stuff. So this year, things that I'm looking at are, you know, what are some ways that we can kind of take some pressure off of the production team? Um, We're a very small team. So when I say big turnover, that's like one or two people is half my team. Yeah, but let's talk about percentages. Now you raise that figure, right? There you go. Uh, So trying to figure out ways to make our product offerings a little bit more systemized Mm. so that we're not having to create so much, um, you know, putting, putting that pressure on production. You know, I've got a new team member um, that's, that's learning the ropes and she's brought some really great insights. Like, oh yeah, this is actually a really a lot. Let's, is there a way that we, you know, we're already trying to collaborate on ways we can do that. But um, as things go with digital marketing, there are a lot of trends out there like doing coaching groups and doing hybrid models where we're not hmm. maybe doing all of your social media posts, but maybe we're guiding you if you have internal resources, but they don't know where to start. So yeah. looking at some different service offerings that will kind of alleviate some pressure from my production um, from my production team, because I want to protect 
their mental health. I want to protect, you know, their experience. I want them to have a good experience with me. It's, you know, not realistic that I'm going to have people who work for me until the day they die. Like there's, I'm going to be here until I decide I don't want to be here and do something different and shut it down. But um, that whole fourth quarter experience really made me inventory some of the things that I was doing as a leader and as a salesperson that were contributing to the problems in my business. Yeah. I think that's a good reflection to do on the business um, and to be able to bring systems, processes, standing operating procedures, all these things into play. It means that with turnaround, it makes life so much simpler rather than what doing a business by memory, you can't scale. So to be able to find these holes and be like, yeah, cool. Fucked up there. I shouldn't have done that. That was manual. Mm -hmm. So with this, and I love the way you spoke about how, okay, you're terrified. Okay. Most people are terrified of clients leaving and, oh my gosh, what if they leave? I need to get them back on retainer. They're going to come up for renewal. What's going to happen? So there's one inner turmoil of, of the business owner, of the agency owner. But the way you spoke about that is your, it's your frame of mind for your employees. Mm-hmm. You're terrified about how I don't oh, them yeah. to burn out. So you you have taken on the, the motherly responsibility of not only your clients, but your team members. So I think next question for you is how do you how do you help your team members manage their their mental and emotional stability and also maintain your own at that same time? Because a lot of pressure. Yeah, that is. Uh I'm still figuring that out. <laughs> I can tell you like for taking care of my brain, it's been a lot of, you know, I started therapy during COVID, which Mm. shout out to my therapist, Christina, she's amazing. Uh, But that's been like an every week to bi-weekly thing. Um, And it it kind of goes back to with my team, like you think it's simple, right? You think like, I hire you, do job, you do job, I pay you, great, bye. That's the way it works, right? Right. (laughs) But I don't know. I have had, I think things that have, have done well, you know, when I do check in, I don't think, I don't feel like I check in, have checked in enough. So that's something I'm working on. But when I was checking in, um, there would be an offer like, you need a mental health day. Like, do you need, do you need some time away? Like, what can I, what can I do for you? But the, mm-hmm. the struggle with that though, when you're, when you say that as a business owner, I, I can see this in retrospect going down, your employee might just be like, are you trying to fake me out? Like, are you being real? Are you being, are you being serious? Like it almost feels, I could see that feeling like a trap. Yeah. Uh, I have had people take me up on that. Like, yes, I could really use a mental health day. Like, okay, great. Like, let me, where's everything? Oh, but there is the angle of, if I say yes, then you think I can't cope with my job. Then I'll be replaced. Yeah. 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 Friends. Yeah. yeah. I, haven't, I haven't gotten that feedback from anybody, but I, I suspect that that could be. Well, no one's going to tell you that. Exactly. <laughs> You forget as the business owner, people view you in one way, but they are going to say one thing to your face, depending on how they're wired. Now I have other employees that will straight up tell me, hey, this sucks. Don't do that again. Oh, sorry. You can be direct with me. But there are other people who are wired to not ever rock the boat and who won't tell you when you've really done something to upset them. I know that because I've read my exit interview (laughs) and I'm like, I had no idea that was a thing. I had no idea that that was a thing that I did or she was struggling with, they were struggling yeah. with like, wow. So the answer is, uh, I don't know. I think just trying to be compassionate and checking in and being, 
you know, something I'm working in is being more, um, more intentional with my time. Because again, if you let me, I will stack my week with a bunch of client meetings, sales appointments, da, 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 I gotta go do this. Mm -hmm. I'm busy. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. But I feel like that message sent to people enough times is like, you're not important. This, this is more important over here. You're not important. So I have to be very careful about that. Yeah. So that, that communication and building those relationships, it's important to understand not only what you're saying, but how it's being received by the person who is a completely different personality with all their own fears and doubts and guilts and all that stuff that that's, that's swirling around in our head. Right. Yep. So for you personally, who's who's in your network? Who's taking care of you? So you say you've got a fantastic therapist, mm-hmm. super duper. Obviously, we, you can't rely on your employees to be to be there for you because there is boundaries and there's some understanding that goes there. So who is in your boardroom, your mental boardroom? Who is there for you? Mm, well, candidly, probably my husband. He's he's also a business person. He's the He's the salary guy, so he's not the entrepreneur. He's wired the exact opposite way. He is mm. he loves the, um, the stability of having, um, you know, a great job that pays a great salary that he knows he can go to every day and make a steady living. Me, I want to jump in there because like, that, that that dynamic is oh, huh? isn't that interesting? How is that to navigate? Because yeah, I said you're wired completely differently different what's what's your security where your fulfillment where your passion comes in they're mm-hmm. different so how how was that to navigate as you were building your own your own thing whether it was on fire or not at the time he was really supportive I mean he's someone who grew up very um you know he did not have a lot and there were times where you know he and his siblings didn't know where their next meal was going to come from probably like there's there's a lot of instability when he was growing up so he's wired to you know provide first and he's nine years older than Mm -hmm. me so that's our maturity level probably like right there even guys you guys Mm -hmm. need a little bit to get that frontal lobe fully formed he is an amazing person in general and um when I was going up against this decision, he supported me. I mean, he he helped support me for um, a couple of months until I got some business underneath me and made it possible for me to do that. Um, he's been a really, really big part of, of me being able to do this at all. If there was not a Matt Murphy helping me out, I don't know if I would have done what I'm doing now. Yes, but- you would. You would have made it. Yes, Who you knows, would. Well, knows what the path would have looked like? Probably would have been. Yes, a true. But no, he's a really big part of it, and I think nice. the other the other people on my team. I'm really big about, you know, hire a professional when you're unsure. So there have been times I've engaged with an attorney. There have been times that I've engaged with a process coach. My Sandler team is my sales and management coach. Um, so I, I'm I'm big into investing into those kinds of things because at the end of the day what I sell looks like air to people. It does. It's not a tangible thing. It's not a widget. It's, it's an experience and it's a, it's a concept and it's supposed to do something for people. So if I don't have that looking really great and actually have a solid proof of concept doing things for other people, Mm -hmm. I'm not in business. Right. So I am, I'm pretty big about having, having experts help me when I'm unclear. Awesome. What's been the biggest help for you, whether 
I don't care whether it's when you first started, whether it's like today, what is the biggest, where was the biggest thing to say that was, that was huge for me and my journey. And if you can share it with other people, it's like, this is something that you need to consider because it was such a pivotal time for you. You know, um, I think when I was going through all of the, the emotions around losing, losing team members that I loved and valued and, you know, and on the business side, like that, that is some risk when you, when you lose people on a team, um, they were amazing in helping me finish out the year before they left. I'll always be very grateful that they did that mm. for me when they left. Very lucky there. Um, I took a Friday off <gasps> gasp. Uh, and I went to a, an all women's retreat in Dallas. So Dallas would be the, the closest major market to Oklahoma city and it's called Dallas Girl Gangs, I think is what it's called. And it was a, you know, just like a one day conference where it's a bunch of other women business owners get together and there, there's maybe some meditation. There's a bunch of breakouts on all these business things, financial things. And it was just chicken soup for the soul. I don't know if you remember that book from. Yeah, yeah. Lots, but it was it was just what I needed, and I feel like it just something as simple as that taking a day off, giving myself permission to not be at work, and leave town with some fellow women business owners for a day made a huge difference in in my mental health at that state. Mm. So um, those women that I went with, we started meeting up more frequently. And building that sisterhood has been a huge, huge help because it, you get to the point in a, uh, when you are a business owner, things feel really lonely. You feel like you're on this weird little Island and your mom wouldn't get it. Your dad might, cause he's a business owner, but he's older. So not really. And he's also a dude, you know, you get like, you get kind of cornered and you feel like you don't have yeah. any understand, but then all of a sudden I've found these women who are like, oh yeah, that sucks. Did you get that contract? You should fire that asshole. Hell no. I'd never be like, you know, just like having the banter. And is- realize that you're not alone. It's like, oh, you mean other people feel the same way? Yeah. Shit. Awesome. Yeah. One of my, one of my colleagues was like, you know, it takes stamina to be a business owner. Like all the invoice chasing and the firefighting and the da, 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 da. she's like, and I don't even know how you deal with employees. I'm like, we're working on it. We're all learning here. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Super. Hey, Alyssa, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for sharing your journey, everything thank you've you. been through um, and candidly sharing. Yeah. The ups and downs that have been so recent for you, but your energy of coming through and wanting to succeed is is fantastic to see. Thank you very much. I appreciate you for having me on. You're so, so welcome. Hey, if people want to find out more about you and your amazing agency, where can they find you? Yep. We are on Instagram at Siren Media OKC. Uh, We're on Facebook, Siren Media OKC and Instagram. But if you want to follow my personal account, it's a Murph made on Instagram. You're welcome to catch up with my, uh, me, my husband, our silly cats and the ridiculous things that we wear are off time. <laughs> there we are. Everyone go and check that out. And hey, Alyssa, thank you so, so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. You have an awesome one. 
Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.